nga kuulira okuwuliriza kwandibadde wana ye kakano katonda yasawo ebitundu buli kinna kimu mubiri ngawe ngawe ayagala era byonna singa singa era byonna singa kyali kitundu kimu omubiri gwandibadde wa na ye kakano ebitundu bili bingi na ye mulimu Neri sokirikiriza kugamba mukono nti esikwetaka obana te omutwe okugamba ebigerenti mwesibetaka na ye ekisinga ennyo ebitundu bino ebyomubiri ebirowoze kwa kubera ebinafu byetagwa nebyo ebyomubiri ebirowoza obutaba na kitiwa na kitiwa na nyo bitwambaza ekisiwa ekisinga obungi nebitundu byafete bitali birungi kitusinga yebisinga okubera n'obulungi naye ebirungi naye ebirungi byaffe ebi tebyetaaga naye katonda yagatira kuwa mudala omubiri ekitundu ekyoku ekyobulago nekiwa ekitundu ekyobu nechi naye ebirungi byaffe tebyetaaga naye katonda yagatira dala wamu ekitundu ekyobulago nga kiwa ekitiwa ekisinga obungi waleme okubeeranga waleme okubeera okwaula mu mubiri naye ebitundu biyambaganenga obumu okanduka amen let's pray as we begin father now i ask uh, for the one who preaches and also the one who interprets that the meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouths would be acceptable in your sight. And I pray for those who hear that your blessing would fall upon them and that through your word you would build up your church, that you would strengthen us, that you would correct us, that you would redirect us, Lord, and you would build us up into the body you desire for us to be. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now, this first sermon in our series, we're calling it, What is Church Membership? So we want to go an overview. What does it mean to be part of the church? That's part one. Then the second part is, how do I know if I'm a member? How do I know if I'm a member of Christ our Refuge? Then number three, what are the challenges that we're facing in Christ our Refuge? What are the struggles we're having as being part of the body? What is church membership? How do I know if I'm a member? Then what are the challenges we're facing? Now, this sermon is a topical sermon. We take a topic and then we see different parts of the Bible, what it teaches. Now, most of the time in the preaching, we do expositional preaching. That means we go verse by verse so that we can understand very well what the Bible is saying. 
Most of the time we do that expositional. But sometimes we need to do topical so we can handle one issue. So let's begin for with the first part of this. What, what, what does it mean to be a church member? Look with me in your Bibles at verse 12 where we have read. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though they are many, they are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So where does church membership begin? It begins from God. He's the creator of all things. And God in his wisdom chose a people for himself that he would redeem out of their sin. They were rebels against him. And he said, I will bring them back to myself. And I will put them in my church. I will put them in my body. So the Father sent the Son to be our Savior, to be the source of our life, to be the King and the head of the church. And so church membership begins from God. It says in our scripture that He, he arranged us as members in His body. And so this means when God saves us, He doesn't only save us to be with Him by Himself. When He saves us, He brings us into a group of people of the other ones that He has saved. Those that He has poured out His Spirit on. Cleansed them of their sin. Given them life in Christ. And He says, I'm baptizing you into this body. And so we praise God that we are not just me and Jesus. You know, some, some people have that view. Hey, for me, it's me and Jesus. If it's me and Jesus, I can stay at home uh, on Sundays. Because it's just me and Jesus. If, if it's me and Jesus, I don't have to commit to a church. Because it's just me and Jesus. But what does the Bible say? It says, in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Amen, church? There was someone who said, no one can have, the, have God as his father if he doesn't have the church as his mother. So we have many people say, oh, God's my father. But he's just a single father. <laughs> they don't belong to the church. But how can we say God is our father if the church is not our mother? So the church is not a place. Some of us think the church, oh, it's that place in Waikai where I go to pray from. I go there on Sundays and we pray. The church is not a place. The church is a people. 
Christ our Refuge Church gathers here on Sundays for worship. Amen. This place is not Christ our Refuge Church. Yes, we have a sign. That's to show people that this church, they meet from here. But the church is not a place. The church is a people. Those who trust in Christ and their children. And so the Bible gives us different pictures of what the church is. It tells us that the church is like a flock of sheep. We are the sheep in the pasture. Jesus is our shepherd. Jesus is the one who gathers us as his sheep. And he does all those things a shepherd does for them. Another picture the Bible gives us. The church is a building. Now that sounds weird. We just said the church is not a place. It's a living building. Jesus is the foundation. We are the bricks that are, that are put in. We are living stones that Jesus has brought together into his building. It's a picture of the church. Then there's another picture that we've read this morning. The church is a body. Jesus is our head. Grace is an arm. Nabumba is a foot. Michael He's so tall, what is he? He's a leg. <laughs> Winnie, she's an eye. Bismarck, he's a hand. So I can go through. But you see the picture. The church is a body. Are we together? Now, why are we a part of his church? It's not because we were so brilliant. And we said, oh, I think it's good. I'm going to go and join this church. It's not because we're a certain level of people. Some people look at core and they think, oh, there's a Muzungu there. They must be very high people. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a member of the church because uh, yeah you were so good and you say hey for me I'm, I'm part of God's people now this is what the, the scripture says for in one spirit we were all baptized something happened to you not that you did something God did something to you by His Spirit and He brought you into the body of Christ. Isn't that amazing, church? Hey, this is amazing. You're not amazed. <laughs> Don't forget, I told New City that you, you say amen sometimes. Hey, but you're making me a Don't make me a liar. Some of you think, oh, he's a Muzungu, I can't say amen. God brought us into the body. 
through the work of his spirit. And so we have a local church, like Core is a local church. But then we have the people of God all over the world who call on the name of the Lord. That's the universal church. You are a member of the universal church, but you can't be part of the universal church if you're not part of the local church. Are we together? Go turn back in 1 Corinthians with me to chapter 1. Chapter 1 from verse 1. Paul was writing this letter to a local church. So, so he's writing and he says, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to who? Who's he writing to? The church of God that is in Corinth. That is, those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. They are called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of the Lord. Are we together? The church in Corinth the church in Rome, the church in Ephesus. Now this was some time back, right? We are together with those believers all the way through time, all these 2,000 years, up to 2,000, and which year is it? COVID has made us to forget. Which, so all these 2,000 years, there is the church that meets in Wekaya here, Christ our Refuge They call upon the name of the Lord. There are other churches around Kampala who call on the name of the Lord. Amen? Now, we're not formally connected to all of those. But all of those who truly call on the name of the Lord, they are part of the church. But we are formally connected to some churches. Like New City in Luboa. Like New City Mission in Mutungo. What's the name of the church that Solomon Okello, he preached last week? What's his New City Bible Church. (laughs) You're hearing a lot of New City, New City, New City. (laughs) But don't you know, when Solomon was preaching here last week, he was showing how we are connected in the body of Christ. We're part of the church universal, but we belong to a local church. Amen. Now, 
the, the members, the different parts of the body in a local church. What, what are they supposed to do? What are the duties they have? The responsibilities? Let me give you some. Number one, duty that members have to each other. Number one is to love each other. To love each other. Jesus said in John 13. A new commandment I give you. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. Turn to your neighbor and say I love you. Tell them, I love you. But remember, <laughs> remember, love is not a feeling, just a feeling. Love is not just like, hey, I just want to say hi to you. <laughs> love is a verb. Love is something we do. Love is a commitment that we make. So when we say, I love you, if we're being honest, we're not just talking about our feelings. We're saying, I'm committed to you. I have a responsibility to care about you. Do you know that church? <laughs> Those of us who have promised, you know you came up here and you promised that you would love one another. Do you notice when someone's not here? Do you think, hey, I wonder what's going on with that person? Do you want to help them when they're in need? When Jesus says that you are to love each other the way I have loved you, Jesus said, no greater love does someone have than he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for you. And he laid down his life for the other one. And so he says, now you in the church, you are to love one another. And there are so many things that this covers. The way that we care for each other. The way that we pray for each other. The way that we show up to a place that we said we would come. That's how we show love. That's responsibility number one. Responsibility number two. To seek the peace and the unity of the church. To seek the peace and the unity. Look back in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. From verse 14. It says, For the body does not consist of one member but many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, then I don't belong to the body. That would not make it 
any less a part of the body. Then go down to verse 20. It says, as it is, there are many parts, yet how many bodies? One. So we have to seek the unity of this body. I'm, I'm looking out at the congregation this morning. I'm seeing many of our members not here. Where is our Where is our arm? Where is our ear? Where is our knee? You see, there are things that we cannot do when the different parts of the body are not together. So what's the responsibility of a church member? To seek the peace, to seek the unity of the body. Amen, church. So that's just a summary. What are the responsibilities to, to each other members? But then the members also have responsibilities to, to the elders, those who have been ordained as shepherds in the congregation. Here's a question for you How many elders are in core? Okay, there's one answer. <laughs> hey, Getrude is cheating. She's looking at our bulletin. <laughs> but, but you see how even this very simple issue who are our spiritual leaders some of us were confused we're not sure there are three elders okay. there's myself I'm a teaching elder I'm the pastor then we have two other elders one is Chaze Godfrey He's a ruling elder. The other one is Bert Williams. You know Bert. Bert's a bit bigger than me. Grace, why are you laughing? <laughs> Bert is a teaching elder. Are we together? Those are the elders. Now you'll say... Hey, Pastor Ben, I see you a lot. You're around here a lot. But for Godfrey, I don't see him very much. Hey, where are they? Uh huh. Mama Isaac, Mama I is agreeing. She's like, yeah, I don't see them. <laughs> The reason is they are temporary elders. They are helping us get started. They're helping us to train up some of you who, who are going to be the, the elders for core. But for Chaze, his main responsibility is New City. You see how we're working together. New City Church has given us one of their elders to help us oversee our church. Then for Bert, he's a missionary teaching elder. And he, he 
he works with many different congregations. So that's why oftentimes he's not here. Are we together? How many elders do we have? Three. So let's be clear. You, you see Michael up here a lot, right? He serves so much. He's not an elder. He's a men's ministry leader. He doesn't think he's an elder. Okay. Uh, you see, you see Mugume up here leading. He's helping us lead. He's a member of the church. He's not an elder. You see, even this man here. And and even um, when I was away this last year, this man did such a good job. Didn't he? Didn't he? And so John is training, he's training, he's an intern. So that he reaches that point of being ordained as an elder. <laughs> okay, so what are your responsibilities to the elders? I haven't got to there yet. <laughs> One is to respect them. This is what it says in Philippians 2. We ask you, brothers and sisters, respect those who labor among you, who are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and esteem them highly in love because of their labor. So respecting them. Number two is supporting them materially, financially. 1 Timothy 5. It says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For Scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. We together respect, support, obey. Mm. <laughs> you see, I can't say it so directly. He can because... <laughs> Number three, obey them. If it's something that Scripture says, you have to obey and submit to the elders. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your soul as those who have to give an account to God. When I reach to Judgment Day, God is going to ask me give me an accounting for David when he was your member. For Mama I, did you care for her when she was your member? Give me an accounting for Flavia. Are we together? 
You see how serious this responsibility is? And so that's why the Bible says they are teaching you the word of God and so therefore if they teach you the word of God you have to obey. But it's obeying whatever is So if I tell you you must rejoice in the Lord. You have to do it. <laughs> By the grace of the Holy Spirit. But if I tell you, hey, you should you should support this presidential candidate. Do you have to obey that? Tell me in in the Bible where does it say I have to vote for this person? <laughs> If I tell you 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 need to take your money invest in this certain business. You say, "Hey pastor, is that in the word of God?" So you have to obey if it's in the word of God. That's the responsibility God has given to the elders. Are we together? Okay. So now So we've seen What does it mean to be a member? Now let us see. How do I know if I'm a member? The way you know if you're a member is if you've made a formal commitment to the church. A formal what? commitment. Now here's one way or here's something that happens often in Uganda. Someone comes to service and for the first time and they're so happy. They love the music. They love the preaching. And during introductions they say Praise God church. I am now a member of this church. That happens often, right? And we love when people express that desire. But are they then a member? What often happens after that? That person might come the next week. They might even come a third week. But then you know what often happens? You start not seeing them. Eventually they don't come at all. So were they a member? That's why we say there has to be a formal commitment. All of you, all of you who are part of the church has to know this person has said before everyone. I am committing to be a member like the Bible says. Are we together, church? So there are different ways that churches do this. But the way that we do it at core is after you've been coming for some time, you, you go through some membership classes. After those membership classes, the elders meet with each person. And the, the elders ask, are you born again? Have you trusted in Christ? Because that's the one 
one requirement for being a member. You have to trust in Jesus alone as your Savior. Okay, are we together? And then you also have to be baptized if you haven't been baptized. And then if the elders agree, yes, we believe this person trusts in Christ. Then they come up before the church on a Sunday. And they make a formal commitment. They promise I will be a faithful member of this church. Are we together? Now, some of you might be thinking, ah, why do I need to make it formal? Can't I just be coming? And, you know, I'm there every Sunday. And that's good to be involved, to be part, to be coming. But then how do we know? Has this person actually committed? If this person person goes astray from walking with Christ, is there a way we can come to them and say, brother or sister, you're on the wrong track? So think of it like this. We said the church is like a building. Think of this building here. Individual Christians, they're like bricks that are, that are piled next to the building. How do I know I'm part of the building? You can see, you can see the brick in the wall and the cement that surrounds that brick. And that cement is like the commitments that we make to each other. We've made it clear, I belong to this church. But if you haven't done that, you're like one of these in the pile of bricks that's, that's the church is like a flock of sheep think of a shepherd that has his sheep and how does the shepherd keep his sheep he has a, a fence that goes around the place where his sheep are so he knows the sheep that are in this fence are different from the sheep that are in Are we together? So the commitments that we make, the promises that we make, they're like that fence that that shows who belongs. Amen. So that's how do I know if I'm a member. Many of you have done that. Some of you haven't yet done that. But we're, this is an invitation to you. We're having a membership class in November. And so we want you to go through that process with us. So we've seen what's church membership. How do I know if I'm a member? Now the last part is, what are the challenges we're facing in core? Why do we think we need to do this series this month? Uh, the first reason is that me together with the other elders Bert and um, Godfrey we want to encourage you members who have been coming faithfully you have been serving faithfully 
And you are committed. You're showing your commitment to the church. And we want to say thank you. We see you. We recognize the ministry that you do. And I can't, I, I can't just list everyone. Because I don't want to... You know, be making it seem like we're making distinctions. But, but you know who you are. We see you. We are so encouraged by you. And we're saying keep doing it. Now at the same time, there are other of our members. Who have... There have been questions. We haven't seen them for a long time. And so we knew that we needed to go through this series. We needed to have a family meeting. Because my understanding is when a family needs to discuss issues, what do they do? They talk about their issues. They meet together. They talk about their issues. So we want to, to recognize those issues that we're facing and struggling with. We also want to recognize that these last two years, huh, these last two years, they have been difficult. Amen, church? Hey, we can just go down the list. COVID, the lockdown, the elections. Eh? The, ec- the economic situation. Hey, it's like struggle after struggle after struggle. And even for us as a church, your pastor was away for a year. <laughs> we have struggled, haven't we, church? But at the same time, uh, we need to put these issues out on the table. And after this series in membership, we're going to have a meeting as a congregation. And we're going to talk about all of us. So these Sundays we're preaching. So you be noting very well. How are we handling these issues in our church? So that when we have that meeting, you're prepared to to, to say whatever you need to say. So what are our challenges? Number one is our attendance on Sunday worship. Our what? Our attendance on Sunday. How do we express our love for each other? If we don't gather in person with each other, how do we care for those in the body? How do we express our worship to God if we don't gather on the Lord's day and worship Him together as one body? Let us leave away that me and Jesus. Even the, the speech of the president throughout the lockdown you know he was saying God is omnipresent so you worship in your home I don't know if he's the best to give a Bible lesson I don't know 
But brothers and sisters, this not coming to church on Sunday is a problem. Coming to church on Sunday is the one of the most basic commitments we make. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. Don't neglect it. I, one of the things I was so excited about when I was coming back from the U.S. and I said, finally I'll get to gather with CORE on Sundays. And I had even seen, oh, new members have joined the church. I'm so excited to worship with them. The first Sunday back, it was Mercy Sunday. We celebrated. We gave things so that the community could be ministered to. Ah, so exciting. Then the next Sunday, there weren't so many people. Then the next Sunday, I was saying, where are all these members? How... How many are um, on our membership list? Do you know? Adults. 54. 54 adults on our membership roll. But on a Sunday morning, we struggle to have 35. Are we together? And these are the ones who have committed. They've stood up and say, I promise I'm going to support the church in its worship. Now, you, you, you'll probably say, but pastor, sometimes people get sick. That's true, people get sick, even on Sunday. But... Every Sunday, do, do 20 people get sick? Is that realistic? Okay, you might say, hey, Pastor, I had an emergency. Yes, it happens. I know emergencies come even on Sundays. But every Sunday, 20 people are having an emergency? Hey, is that realistic? You know, one thing I fear is that Sunday has become for us a catch-all day. Oh, I had many things during the week that I didn't get able, wasn't able to do. Hey, praise God, I have Sunday. I can do those things I wasn't able to do the rest of the week. Brothers and sisters. <laughs> now imagine you miss one Sunday. Then you come to church on Sunday. You haven't seen anyone else for two weeks. But then I come after two weeks and Mama Aye isn't there. That means... It's the next Sunday. Only if both of us are there will I see Mama Ai. 
And yet we have committed to support each other in care. Can I do that if I come once in the month? Are we together? Hey, you become quiet. So that's challenge number one. Oh, one more example. We were praying here on one Friday. And I loved the prayers of one of our people. She said, Lord, during the lockdown, we, were pr- we had lost our jobs. During the lockdown, we were here praying, God, please give me a job. Please pro- re- regain my job. And then God gave them a job again. And now what are they doing on Sunday? They're busy with their job. That's challenge number one. Challenge number two. Participation in ministry. Being involved in the ministries of the church. At church we have ministries... And those who are doing those ministries are few. We have how many members? 54. How many of those are involved in ministry regularly? Let me give the example of choir. We have five committed choir members. Every Sunday they are here leading us. They're practicing every week two times. And we see every Sunday it's them. The next Sunday the same people. Do you know after time you get tired? Flavia, you're tired. I know you're tired. <laughs> this morning you maybe saw me doing controls. Let's talk about children's ministry. Of our 54 uh, adult members, we have over 30 children who they are part of the church because their parents are part of the church. Over 30 children. But then on a Sunday, many other children also come. Parents around, they send their kids here. And so on a Sunday, we can have 50 children here. We can have 60 children. How many children's teachers do we have? One. And yet these are the children God has entrusted to us to lead them to Christ. And yet so many of our members were either seated in church or not coming. 
And yet we have a children's ministry coordinator who provides all of the curriculum. She, she can coach you. And yet you still say, ah, I'm not a teacher. Fellowship groups. Fellowship groups. Do you know how important fellowship groups are? This, that's the place you can actually get to know each other. And pray for each other. And so two weeks ago, I was visiting Waikaye Fellowship Group. Guess how many people we were. We were three people. I was one of the three. Yet Wekaye, this is the place where most of our people are. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, there's a problem. <laughs> there is a problem. I hope you're getting the picture. Are you seeing it? So, as we wind up, what is the solution? I'm not telling you these things so that you feel guilty. I'm not telling you these things so you say, hey, I've got to be a better member. Oh, oh I need to be strong. I need to come every day. I need to... Mm. Hey, that's not, how, that's not how change comes. Because you might get excited for a week. Or even two weeks. But you know what will happen? That will go away. What brings true change is true repentance. True repentance. When the Holy Spirit leads us to repent and He works in our lives by, the, by His power, that's when true change comes. Now, in order for that to happen, we first have to recognize what the problem is. We have to recognize that there's a sickness. When we know what the sickness is, then we can bring that to Jesus, who's the good physician. And we don't have to be ashamed because we know He's our Savior. We know He died to forgive our sins. This is what Jesus says in Luke chapter 5. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick if we think we're well Jesus isn't going to help us but if we know we're sick ah, that's when we can come to him and we say Jesus give us your grace Amen church Jesus said I've not come to call the righteous if you think being a member of core makes you righteous you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong what makes you righteous is if you have trusted in Jesus for your salvation and he has put his righteousness onto you. And so Jesus says, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen, church? Let us have true repentance. Let us help our fellow members. You know, me as pastor, I'm... I'm trying to visit all of our members. But I am one person. How many are you? 
You are many. <laughs> if you wait, oh, I'll wait till Pastor Ben goes and visits that person. <laughs> that will take long. <laughs> But you have committed to love and care for the other members of church. And so, how does the Lord work repentance in us? With His Word? and by his spirit so we're preaching this month what does the bible say about these things and as the spirit uses those things he's going to lead us to repentance he's going to strengthen us as a body amen yes we're sick but we have the true physician we have the one who has the medicine amen church so let's go to him Let's seek his face. Let's call on him to work in us so that he builds up his body. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Jesus, for us, we're not righteous. We're sinners. We are sick. And so we come to you as the the chief physician, the healer. And we present to you these challenges that we face as a church. And we pray, oh God, would you work your repentance into us? Through your word, through the testimony of the spirit in our hearts. Because in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. And Lord, we want to see your body built up. We want to see your body come to maturity. And so would you please do that work in us that we ourselves cannot do. We pray in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Give God glory. Give Him glory. Clap to Him. Now um, that we have heard God's word, we then get to come to the meal that he gives to us, the Lord's Supper. And one of the things that the Lord's Supper is, is a remembrance. Uh, Jesus said, uh, this is a remembrance of me. Now, what that means, it does help us remember what Jesus did. But we can break that word down. We have re, member, member as in like a member of the body. Re, member, ants. Being re brought back into the body. Jesus has given this as a meal of unity. Because we all share one bread. We all share one cup. We are all part of one body. This is what 1 Corinthians 10 says. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. Because we all partake of the one Bread. So when we take this meal, our membership in his body is strengthened. Because we do it together. Now, what is 
what is required to take this meal. It is the table of the Lord, the table of Jesus Christ. So what is required is that you belong to Jesus Christ. You don't have to be a member of CORE. This table is not the table of CORE. It's the table of the Lord. So if you, if you do belong to the Lord, then you can take this meal. But if you haven't yet been saved, we ask that you don't take the meal. Instead, that you wait and you pray for faith. Or if there is some sin, you might be a member of CORE, you might be a follower of Christ, but there is a sin in your life that you don't want to let go of. This meal is for those who trust in Christ and are repenting of their sins. Not that we're perfect, but we keep coming back to Christ. So as we prepare to take, let's, let's pray. Father, now we ask uh, for the work of your Spirit, that you would bless these elements of the bread and the cup. They would become holy to us. They would become the body and blood of your Son, so that through them you may strengthen our membership. You may strengthen our belonging to you together as one body. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, and after he gave thanks, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take these, this is the bread, and after the bread, he also took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, and shed the forgiveness of your sins, do this as often as you take it, in remembrance of me. For whenever we take the bread and we take the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. All who are trusting in Christ are welcome to receive this. Let me invite the choir to come and lead the service to distribute the elements. And then we'll wait to take them all together.
to do one of the things that we do to care for each other in the body and that is to give of our tithes and offerings Um, because one of the things that we do when we give of our tithes and offerings is they come into the church 
And then they go out of the church to meet the needs of the body. And even those outside the body who are in need. And so let's worship God this morning by giving of these tithes and offerings, which he has given to us, so that we can care for one another, love one another, and the ministry of the church can move forward. Amen. So you're welcome to bring your tithes and offerings to these baskets on either side as the choir leads us in singing.